It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to the challenge final reckoning wrap up podcast for episode 13 i am brian cohen here with me as always is my co-host ali Escher. ali how are you it's funny because i thought you it's it's funny that you pause on 13 because when i went to watch this episode today which i can't wait to talk about i saw the season 32 as episode 32 and i didn't flinch i nope. fully believe that this was episode 32 of season 32 <laughs> It's just back in the old days when the uh, normal seasons took place. I never got to episode 13 because by this time I would at least I, at least be saying the finale or the reunion or the recap <laughs> of the reunion. But here we are with still like, you know, eight teams in the house, something like that. And, uh, you know, how many more coming back? So we've got a full slate. Um, not only do I think that this is the best episode bar none of the season, which I, I was expecting to go on Twitter and the Facebook and every the Facebook and all of the the ways people accost me. No, just kidding. People give really great questions. I was expecting it to just be blowing up with like how great this episode was. Uh, But we'll talk about that. So maybe it could be debated. I think it is the best episode title also of the season. So I think I, I kept meaning to go look at it and I saw it's like the people verse and I kept meaning to see like, I assume they did like the people verse Johnny bananas or something like that. Was that the title? It was the title. I don't know how you only saw okay. half the title, but you did guess the, the full title. <laughs> Anytime it would come up like a guide, it would, just, it would cut off at the at verse. And I just never meant to like actually go see the title. And I just, just I, after watching the episode, I, I gleamed what it meant. Um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed that. And, and fully, I watched this episode today. Every second the episode went on, I kept checking to see how much time was left because I was so afraid it was going to get ruined at some point. Right. And I am actually drinking a glass of rosé right now, which I usually don't do because I'm toasting how great I found this episode to be. Uh, anyone who listened to the RHAP b and I have I have clinking going on. I'm excited. I like really none of this part of the podcast was a chore. Watching the episode, getting the questions, going on Twitter, reading Us Weekly like I bathed in this episode. U.S. Weekly, you mean, of course. U.S. Weekly. Yeah. <laughs> I was even inspired. I have a treat for you at the end. I've changed the format of the Us Weekly blog because I was just so excited. No, I mean, I I thought it was great. I mean, I think 
challenge is great when we have in-depth strategy and stuff like that and we actually got some of like interesting things not just like you know drunken bar fights that people don't remember the next day there was like as uh, Rob would say meat on the bone for uh, things that went down for this episode as the donkey from Shrek would say this episode has layers like a parfait to each, which, to each their own whichever phrase they want to go with <laughs> um, you quote your heroes I'll quote mine <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure where, which is better than the other one, but okay. Um, let's get to the drinking game because we skipped last week. Um, I have, I like really tried hard to focus on this too. Again, this episode just gave me life. So I have mm-hmm. three potential rules. One is the Ooh. clear, better one. The other two okay, are like, so, oh shit, I need throwaways. So do you want to start high and work down or start with the throwaways and work up? Well, I feel like I might need to save the throwaways for another episode. <laughs> That's very smart. Very smart. So what's like your what's what's yours? All right. And 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 showing the one that's the clear best will tell you how terrible the throwaways are because it's not Looking that great. To it. All right. So if you see Under Armour, not in the context of a challenge, you take a drink and you take two drinks. If you see someone wearing the apparel that has their name on it again, not in the context of the challenge. And Mm -hmm. that goes to other shows because I feel like I've seen this. If somebody is wearing their challenge shorts that say Polly on the butt on X on the beach or whatever, you find a drink and you take two of them. All right. Add it to the list. But in the context of the show, the Under Armour, not in the context of the challenge. For example, Tony was wearing an Under Armour T-shirt in his confessional. That's a drink. Got it. That's a good one. I'm surprised we actually haven't edited that before. So that's a good one. That's one we need to add. That's good. What do you have for so, us? So mine, I don't think we have this because I think we only have like when like medical people come and I thought we were going to have this with like the Brad and Kyle stuff, but when security comes to break up a fight, I think that you need to have a security drink. Okay, security drink. I like it. Just call it yeah. a security drink. Yeah, I think we need that needs to be on there for a real challenge drinking game. I think it's time we add it. Okay, perfect. There's there one that I kind of liked, and I'm thinking because we didn't have, I guess, the last two weeks, we didn't have a role. Maybe we should add it. But I, I, how about I propose it and you be the judge if it goes Let's on or it. not? All right. And if you reject it, I could just make it my one for next week. <laughs> then, I, then I have no veto power. I think you'll be better at this. No, and I think you'll be a better determination on whether or not this is an odd thing. Like, I don't want it to be... Like, if I just said Under Armour, people would be drinking every 15 seconds. So I, I don't want it to right. be one an obvious thing. Well, I'm on the edge of my seat now, so I can't wait to hear. It's going to be such a letdown. <laughs> TJ shows up in a beanie. Not a flat like brim, not this. no hat, not a backwards hat. TJ shows up in a beanie. Take a drink. Interesting. I, so you want to drink on the beanie. I would say it'd be almost be better to drink when he's not wearing a hat. When he's not wearing a hat. Mm, guess who guess who rules <laughs> is he wearing a hat the guess who rule all right that's a good modification so let's add that well, this, as is, a, this is our zach and amanda moment I, i'm very i'm very stern to my belief that it should be no hat are you that stern on the beanie that we have to go, go to elimination to the side um as a woman brian no i, I think it's fine <laughs> i appreciate your contribution i feel like we're more of like a marie cara here where we've like okay you have your rule i have my rule and we'll meet in the middle on this one we each have right. our one and now this is where we're gonna we're gonna vote in tj not wearing a hat 
Yeah, especially like there's like times when it's jarring when he shows up in like a slick button down and it's like his hair is done and it's clear. It's like date night after he does this <laughs> like that. That should be like finish your drink when you when you can tell DJ's on date night. Finish your drink. So when you're attracted to TJ, you take a drink. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Who knows what our digital, not digital communications managers. God, I'm thinking about Twitter. I'm so excited about Twitter today. Um, what our chief party officers come up with with that. God bless them. All right, let's talk about this episode. I, okay, I love this episode. I can't be applauding it more. You seem like it was a good episode. Did you not? Were you not like feeling this episode throughout? It. So it was. It was very good. I thought the Zach and Amanda stuff was fascinating. That it got to that point, and it, it was very curious to like to like flush it all out and discuss it. But like the mercenary thing, kind of just like it's like it's ugh, it's like bugs me that like why did, like. I think it takes a, not a little bit away from it. Like, why do they have to keep doing this with like the mercenaries? Why do you have to bring someone in when there's like seven teams left? Just let them, those two teams be the ones to battle it out. Like, I just don't like the mercenary thing, especially this late in the game. It kind of soured it on the whole thing. I guess that makes a lot of sense. Um, I've been called out for saying that's fair. And so I've been trying not to say it, but that's like really the only thing that I could yeah. say for that. So instead I said, I guess awkwardly, whatever. Um, <laughs> I think it's because I was already writing that this was the best episode of the season mm, one fourth of the way through uh, that by the time we got to the mercenaries, I was already like beyond any expectation of what this episode could be that I was sort of like, whatever, I'm already living for this episode. But that's that, yeah. if there is a criticism to make. That's definitely it. Yeah, but I mean, everything leading up to it was I mean, it was fascinating. Like the fact that it got to this point for Zach and Amanda is truly like embarrassing on both of their ends. So we've been teasing this all season, expecting this, that this is like truly what the final yep. reckoning is. It's between now the winners going into this episode, Amanda and Zach. Uh, I, we couldn't have imagined the outcome, but no. the entire episode is basically the paying off of all of this tension, not sexual tension, like strategical tension, <laughs> strategic tension. Yeah. Yeah, they just needed to like have a massive blow up fight and then a deliberation to let it all out. Um, and what would anything uh, Zach says be if we didn't allow Laurel to get a rebuttal? So uh, our lovely Zach made a comment about like why he ugh, why do I always have to be partnered with girls? And I'm sure you were all thinking it. Laurel was also thinking it. She tweeted. Oh, and then just a comment on hashtag the challenge and something Zach said, quote, why do I always have to be partnered with girls? Uh, Zach, you were partnered with a girl, dot, dot, dot. It was me, dot, dot, dot. And you shit the bed royally. Also cried because you couldn't continue. It's not the girl that's the problem. Fair, very fair point for Laurel. Good job by her. I'm, I'm surprised she's like still like that involved in this like uh, ad commentary. So good job by her. They must have showed this in the preview, right? Because Laurel tweeted this on September 28th and I just screen grabbed it because I was like, okay, I haven't seen the episode yet, but I'm right. going to want to read this tweet. Yeah, maybe that was like sometimes they show like a preview scene or something like that. So that must have been that. And she just happened to see it. Um, but one of the things that I think that first set me off about how much I love this episode is we got the one of the earlier check ins of who's on which side of the house. Yeah, uh, and surprisingly, Zach's the one to kind of be the narrator of it all. I guess like he's the focal point of the episode, but he's not usually the one to lay this stuff out. But yeah, he lays out the sides. And it was very funny. It's like we have two very clear sides. On one side, it's Tony and Bananas and like me and like 
everyone else is on the other side. And it was like, well, it's not really two sides. It's kind of like just like a couple people on the outs and everyone else going against them. Did you ever imagine a world where Kara, Maria, and Marie would be the second group of names in Zach's main alliance? Right. So, I mean, I didn't think it was as clear that Marie was 100% out on the Lavender Ladies. I thought she was still kind of with, like, I know she had kind of had that, like, fight with them, but I didn't think she was, like, fully out on their voting plans altogether. I don't think she is. So, Kara in her People blog, because, yes, I was so inspired by this episode that I even went to Kara's recap. You will not be hearing from it this episode, but I read it for my own pleasure. Um mm-hmm. And or she tweeted like she wrote a lot of confusing things on Twitter this week that you didn't have the privilege of trying to decipher because you're blocked. But um, she tweeted some convoluted thing that basically was like or she put in the blog that Marie was like really the mastermind and saved people from targeting her because that's where the Lavender Ladies and the Young Bucks were going to go. And she like sent them off course again i couldn't make out the black if people want to figure out what she meant and explain it to me that's fine um but like i spent the necessary three minutes on trying to figure it out and uh basically apparently cara is saying that the editors have not shown marie's successfully playing both sides and sort of massaging her relationships with the lavender ladies to protect Mm -hmm. them while still being willing, I guess, to split the difference with Kara and vote in a non-Shane member of the Lavender Ladies. I do think there's probably some credence to that because they really have never been, like, in danger. Like, the most they were ever in danger was, like, that one challenge where it was, like, loser is out, like, and they finished, like, second to last. But other than that, like, they have always been a good, like, they've done well of staying in the middle and not being targeted by anyone. So I think there probably is some credence to that. I think it's the same reason. Yeah, I I believe Cara in this situation. I mean, it's hard to believe someone you don't understand, but I do believe the essence of what she's saying. But um, and I believe Marie last week who was tweeting like I was always with Shane, blah, blah, blah. But it's the same kind of thing with Zach is like, okay, better to go after Bananas and Tony, who, you know, are against you uh, than Zach and Amanda, where at least 50 percent of the team has your back as much as they can. So right. you might go after Cara and Cara Maria and Marie because you could beat them potentially, depending on what it is. But they're not really winning. Cha- they're not winning challenges. Not really winning challenges. They're not winning challenges. They're not a threat at the end. And 50 percent of the team at least has your back enough to give you a heads up on the vote. So you might as right. well keep them in. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they've got a very good chance, depending on how many teams are in the final. But at this point, it could be like six. But like they got a pretty good chance of being in the final. Um. Before this episode, before the results of this episode, although we'll talk later, I don't really think this episode sheds much light on it. Um, how close would you have said Zach and Tony are? I was going to put it on a scale. I don't know. A scale of uh, me and you to Siamese twins. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I thought they were, I don't know how to like come up with a middle ground somewhere in there but so uh, uh i do th- i knew they were close but i don't think like they were like bananas leroy close to come up with another guy pair and i don't even think if it came down to it bananas or leroy would do what zach did for tony so maybe they were closer but let's not but that's what i my theory, working theory through this is what zach quote-unquote did for tony had almost nothing to do with their relationship you think it's pure that he just did it for really him 
sort of himself to keep like try to keep an ally in as much as possible? No, I think Zach did it because he's got a huge ego. But let's we'll talk about it because it's almost it's too much to just like casually unpack yeah, at the top yeah, of the yeah. show. I tend yeah. to agree with things that Shane said. I agree with my own thoughts that nobody said on the show, but I'll say later on this show. Um, but <laughs> so you just say, did you just say you agree with yourself? Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> I often don't. Um, you got I got one person. But uh, <laughs> sometimes not even that. But like, mm-hmm. okay, the first crack in the theory that Tony and Zach are like would lose a million dollars that it's a quote million dollar friendship um is i realize i'm not quoting this show i forget what reality show said that but whatever I thought you're gonna quote yourself as some uh, proof yeah, your well i could quote myself sure um like, there's one person do. on a podcast was saying like they're doing <laughs> he's doing it for his own ego so that means it's got to be true um all right so the first crack in this relationship, and I believe they're really close and I know it happened on Vendettas and all of that. And like, clearly they're number ones and Zach has so few. So it's not really that big of a contest, but that's fine. But when Nelson is like, I want a gun for Tony, he does the equivalent of like the hands over ears. La 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 la. Like, just don't tell me. He doesn't say like, don't vote him in. He's just like, I can't be a part of it. So if you're really willing to take yourself out of the game for this person, wouldn't you do more than just go la 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 if you take him out? I don't know about it. You would think so. I would, would think, think so, so, but yeah. do, would you think so? I, w- I would also think so, yes. Put it on the board. That's one. That, one. The, the theory will continue to unravel throughout the show, but that's the first. All right, we got, we got one point. Let's place Jose and Devon in the house. Zach really couldn't do it, and it's because it sort of became like a uh, play for day this episode. Yeah, they were very, uh, they were very interesting in their decision making throughout this entire episode, really this entire season, which is why they've kind of been so, so fascinating about how they've also like maybe more obvious as compared to like Cara Marie, but they've also done the middle pretty well. Yeah. I'm wondering if the fact that they're as Cara says in like an enviable position or lucky, I think she said, um, by being like having sort of nothing to lose. Is that because they're new and rookies or is it because they've been sent to redemption, came back and have already sort of not burned bridges with everyone, but like, what do they have to lose? They've already faced defeat in the game. Yeah. I think there's something to like when you're, when you really have no history, you don't like you could screw people over, but you're screwing people that you like just met. So there's not as much like, personal damage done it's also kind of easier and maybe like mend fences a little bit or or move forward and kind of forget as opposed to like when you know like tony and bananas go through their whole thing and they have like a history it's a lot a bigger deal as opposed to davon doing it or just like so i think it is easier to play the middle when you don't have as much baggage attached to people right and like if anyone's mad at them like i feel like almost everyone has voted against them at this point mm-hmm. um so right whatever um mm-hmm. my, my one question from this conversation with Kara on Kara's end with Kara and Devon it's I feel like it's rare that we see at this stage with so much more room to play with so many more teams left that somebody is like so aware I mean on other reality shows that someone is so aware that the numbers are clearly stacked against them and they don't even think about adjusting their game at all is Kara inflexible or does she just have like absolutely no chance 
and working with the other side. It's Kara's like such a such an enigma that it's hard to pinpoint. I think because part of I think there's just part of her that thinks like this is such like a write off season because she's Marie. She doesn't feel like you know burning bridges with her friends, so she's just gonna go down with the ship. And there's also probably a part of her that thinks you know I'm so good, so you put me in elimination. I still trust myself to maybe beat anyone no matter what. So she's just I don't know. There's, there's something weird about her that's like won't is won't adjust on the fly. Like she when things go against her, she just does what she does and like if it works it works and if it doesn't that's that's Kara. yeah i think it's a really good point that i hadn't thought about while watching this episode that this is a burn season just like a burn vote it's a burn season for her Mm -hmm. so you might as well like maintain your relationships moving forward in other seasons but um i i think she's really inflexible in the same way that uh like you were saying i think she has the same vulnerabilities that hunter does where if you're like so strong and so overconfident that you can defeat anyone in any elimination that it kind of affects your social gameplay in a negative way. Yeah. Cause you always think you have an out and your out may not be as good as it really is. Yeah. I don't need to f- finesse the situation. I'll take any of you. I'll see you all in the, in the Armageddon or whatever it is. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of what bit Corey a little bit in the, in the butt going with this season. Still, I, I think Paulie's also emerging as a, an yep. unproven uh, elimination threat. Yeah, Paulie having a big ego that was kind of like not not usual for him though. So that's kind of new <laughs> for him. It was a big shock. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's funny to hear someone in Redemption be like, "I'll take out you and Zach, both men who have beaten him many times this season." Yeah, Paulie, the the uh, the rare O for three in eliminations in one season. <laughs> oh, but isn't that all Natalie's fault? Of course, it's always the girl's fault. <laughs> um. Were you surprised that the bananas Tony and Kara play was to target Hunter and Ashley? Um, not really, because I think Kara kind of laid out why they couldn't, you know, you know, Marie has like her one person of Shane that they can't go after. So I think going after Hunter and Ashley is like one that they could try to spin. You know, Ashley's like really unpredictable. She's caused a lot of chaos in the house. And then there's a way to get people, especially like Jose and Yvonne, to target her with them so i think that choice kind of makes sense plus bananas i think bananas just doesn't like hunter at all so that's you know i think turning his attention away from shane to hunter doesn't really take much uh much much pleading yeah the interesting thing here about the season is that there's no really and we've i think we've talked about this just by virtue of like it's hard to make a decision on who you'd want to go in and against an elimination because there's no clearly clear weak link here for them to attack in the lavender ladies. Like I think everybody is kind of on par. I would say Joss and Sylvia are maybe a little bit weaker based on inexperience and Hunter and Ashley's prior performances in finals are getting close, but everyone's sort of like on an even playing field. So it's not like you can go for any clear targets. You might as well go for the person who's like the most against you, which is definitely Hunter. Um, Yeah. And then also, um, I totally forgot what I was going to say. So maybe I shouldn't have been cheersing with Rosé. This episode was great. This podcast <laughs> will not be. Oh, man. What happens when you pour that second glass? Uh, I'm in my room. I know better than to bring the bottle with me, Brian. <laughs> Very smart. Planning ahead. So what about the little bit that we got of the Redemption House? I'm glad when we get it early and then just like focus on the, the main stuff later. So this is kind of a good way to do it when they do it like the, in the early part of the episode. Yeah. Um, what about the Redemption House? I mean, okay, so Polly's story is that he's at Redemption because, quote, a little boy couldn't accept that a girl he didn't want wanted to be friends with him. Right. 
Is this fan fiction or is this the truth or are we somewhere in between? I mean, it's a little probably somewhere in between, but also Paulie instigated a lot of things with Kyle. And then I would say like, that's why he initially he got to the redemption house, but he also lost again three times. Otherwise he'd be back in the house. Like if he got back in the house and then things escalated where he got tossed back out again, I would say it's also because of what he did with uh car and Kyle whole situation. But right now he's in the redemption house because they stink at eliminations. Um, what's great about this quote is that you see that Polly has not reflected or become self-aware or gained any like skills. <laughs> like he's just focused on Kyle's the enemy. Kyle's why I'm here. I did everything right, which means he will repeat this again and again and again every season, which is fine with me. Yeah, that'd be great. I also That's should let it go. I should let it go, but I remembered what I was going to say before, which is great. what's great about bananas being on the bottom of the alliance of the like house now is I feel like in all of reality shows, including the challenge, you just beg for the people, even though they have differences at the bottom, to band together and make a play before it's too late. And I was going to ask you about the timing of the going head to head about voting two strong teams from the opposite sides of the house. But I'm just so excited that they didn't decide to vote in Jose and Davon again and do what Zach and Amanda were doing because like, this is what I always wait for the bottom to band together. And I think because such a strong, smart player like bananas is on the bottom, we're actually getting that. Uh, it didn't work out, but still great. Yeah. And I wonder how much, TJ explained that this was a winner-take-all thing when he explained the million dollars, right? Like, they all know it's winner-take-all? I believe so. So I wonder how, like, they haven't really discussed that at all, but I feel like that has to play in, right? Because it's not like, oh, like, all right, so if Bananas gets to the end and they win, but, like, I still get second, that's still, like, a decent amount of money or third. But I think that has to play in. Like, you have to play to win. You can't just play to make the final and make money. You have to win. So getting about Bananas and Tony is even more important. Which is also where it comes in where Shane's like criticizing um, Bananas and Tony for A, celebrating and B, not going in against instead of Zach and Amanda. But like, you know, to jump to the end, this is the best case scenario for Bananas and Tony. It's like, okay, so they don't have a number and they don't have safety, but they didn't really have that anyway. And now they don't have to beat Zach. Yeah, all all Bananas and Tony were about is just surviving each week when they're not in power. Because now with uh, Zach and Amanda gone, like their odds of winning each challenge uh, every week goes up. So they're that much closer to just making a final and then not having to worry about it. I do wonder if we're going to see something now that we have like the majority of the challenge winners out of the house in Brad and Kyle and uh, Zach and Amanda. If we're going to see like, I guess one of them could come in potentially, but if we'd prefer something like a big brother rule, big brother rules where you can only be the power couple one week in a row or every other week, because if let's say it's, it's possible that Tony and bananas could go on a winning streak and just win out to the end, which would be great for them, but not really exciting for us. Yeah, it wouldn't be exciting, but I wouldn't like that rule just because I feel like the cha- the challenge is so much more based on literally challenges where big brother, there's supposed to be like more strategy and all that stuff. So I think if you, win, if you just win every challenge, you deserve to win the challenge. So for that, I, 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 I think, you know, it's an interesting thought, but I 
I think that'd be ill place for the challenge. Well, we definitely don't need it, especially not this season. It's just maybe now. But I don't know. Like, I loved how this episode was so much more strategic in the sense that it kind of felt like Survivor. It was, okay, this side of the house is talking about it. Here's what they're going to do. Here's what this side of the house is going to do, what they're going to do. Here's kind of the swing vote in Jose and Devon. We're not really sure where their vote's going to go. And then we see it play out. And I think that was such an exciting episode that we don't normally get from dominant team in the same alliance just winning every week. I agree yeah. that the Big Brother rule is not like the way to get this narrative, but uh, I thought this was way more exciting than a usual episode. So with all the, the talks of between Zach and Amanda before the elimination, did you have a feel of, I, I, don't, I don't, I mean, maybe correct me wrong, but I don't think any of us thought it would go this way. Did you have a feel like who you thought would cave? I guess I didn't really think about it. Um, I actually do think that Amanda would have caved if Zach just like let the time take a little bit longer. Like, I think him taking the plunge and walking down kind of took the discussion off the table. Um, yep. We could talk more about that when it, when we want to, but whenever, if you want to talk more. But um, I guess I thought that Amanda would cave, if only because, A, the editing was just so, like, I'll take a bullet for Tony. And I thought maybe Zach could have finessed it with the numbers on each side. Um and that Ashley and Hunter just sort of came in. Like, I, I do think there was a way to get Amanda to cave in a way that there wouldn't have been a way to get Zach to cave if they had actually had a discussion like normal people. Yeah, I, I mean, we could, yeah, we, I mean, we could jump to it if we want now because I mean, I 100% agree. I think Zach walking down was the worst thing you could possibly do in that situation because for Amanda, I think not even more so like sticking to her gun. She just doesn't want to look weak, especially when everyone's watching. Like, if this was on her own, I think there's an easier way to talk to her one-on-one. But when you have the entire house watching and you, like, pull a stunt like that to, like, show her up, like, Amanda's going to do what she did there a hundred times out of a hundred. I mean, I would have done that. not want to look weak there. Yeah, you, 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 when you show someone up like that, they're not going to be like, oh, now I'll bow down to you. Like, if you have a quick discussion, even in that moment, I'd be like, we cannot go sync our game for one of these teams. We just have to do it. Like Tony's my only friend. We have to do this. There's a way to get Amanda to cave to you in that moment. But doing that, it takes away any chance of it. Or even negotiate. Just be like, all right, if we win next week, you can put them in and I'll tell them that. Like we're saving them now and you'll get the call next week. Like anything to just postpone. You don't even have to stand by that, but just postpone. Um, I want to rewind the tape quickly to this fight with Amanda where Tony and Zach are talking about turning it up to turbo as, you know, bros talk about it. I'm sure you've said that. Um, And Amanda seemingly comes out of absolutely nowhere to, to call out Tony, you're manipulating him. This is part of your plan. She's clearly drunk, but they don't show her drinking, which I think is a big disservice to her. Um, <laughs> I think this was so poorly handled by Amanda and Zach both. I think Amanda was making actually a lot of good points, but just completely in the wrong way. Like the fact that Tony voted in bananas like just drop that little seed like look I trust you I know you're really close friends but I bet bananas would have said that too and you know we all saw that happen that's crazy like think about it you're sure he wouldn't do that for you he's got two daughters he really needs the money only one person can win like have a normal conversation and I don't there's a lot of gender politics happening between both of them I'm not saying that that doesn't matter but you have to finesse a person who's strong-willed 
regardless of if if he's a man or a woman like this is the kind of thing we talk about with every strategic show like you want to make that person think it's their decision you want to give that person agency over the decision i'm just gently suggesting like look i trust you but maybe you're maybe you're not thinking about this yeah the second they bring their discussion to involve when bananas or tony can be in earshot zach and amanda are both going to stick more to their guns than ever because they're just not going to want to let the other people hear them backing down so i thought like when they were first talking i thought it was starting to go well and then you know what they each have like they each pop off so it was not gonna last long but and then the second anyone else gets involved that's when it all goes downhill and that's the thing is like amanda has decent ideas but she just gets overcome with the drinking and the you're a loser and don't you know then she goes full hypocrisy like Oh, you act like a bad bitch. You're not a bad bitch. Who are you talking to, Amanda? Don't raise your voice to me. Right. Who are you talking to, Amanda? Don't talk to me like that. Who are you talking to, Amanda? Yeah. In a weird way, like at their worst, they're each very similar with the way they talk to other people. No, really, no matter who it is. Like they, they, that's just their problems. And that's why they like are such an interesting pair together. Um. So, yeah, no, I agree. I think they're the success of the rival slash vendetta slash final reckoning. Well, not vendettas, I guess, but the, the enemy pair, the rivals format, they're the truest rival and they're not able to just sort of hug it out like Brad and Kyle. Yeah. And it was kind of the perfect storm where it came down to it, where there was only like a select teams to pick from. And literally Zach only had one team left. So like it was really a battle of wills. Like, for all the other times where there's like a real rival, like they've never been put in a position where they literally have to choose between each of their own alliances. It kind of always just kind of works its way out or the format is totally different. So this was like the perfect storm of rivals coming together, forced to decide. Yeah, it's like Marie and Cara, I feel like, is the usual like, OK, if you're really with someone who's on another side of the house, you, you play that game like, all right, I'm protecting this person. You're protecting that person who let's pick the field. This is crazy that Amanda wants to protect four people. I don't blame her. Like you want to protect your people and their strong bond and they have the numbers. And Zach has absolutely no one. Yeah. No, I mean, like in their arguments, like they each make sense, like why they don't want to cave to the other one. It just first they just handle it horribly. And then they also just need to realize no matter what, we can't let it get to the point where it get to. And right. that's where they each, that's where they each take total fall. Um, all right. So let's talk about the actual vote. Were you, I was, I guess not surprised, but a little disappointed to see that Amanda and Zach, like you're saying, you don't want to let it get to the point where you go in, but shouldn't they have sorted that out in the vote? Like instead of taking the cop out vote and voting for Jose and Davon. Yeah. I mean, for Zach, it was kind of like the initial way to cave, right? Because by voting them, it was like what they thought was Tony and Bananas were going in, right? Because I think they each thought that Jose and Devon were voting for them. So I think they thought they were covered. So if anything, this was Zach caving in, which is then it's doubly weird that he wouldn't cave in when it, when it really came down to it because he kind of caved here. Wait, explain that again. You, they thought Jose and Devon were voting for Amanda and Zach? Yeah, they didn't. I mean, I think the way because they were very surprised that it was a three three vote, right? Because they thought Jose and Yvonne were on their side voting for Bananas and Tony, which would be four to two. But oh, when so you say Zach, they, you mean okay, you mean the Lavender Zach ladies? Like, yeah. So for Zach, by caving to vote for Jose and Yvonne there, he was sentencing Bananas. He thought sentencing Bananas and Tony to being voted in by his own doing. I don't know. If you he convinces Amanda to vote for Ashley and Hunter, then it's four four. 
No, but you have to think that Bananas has, Zach has at least an inkling that Bananas has been working over Davon and that she's at least 50-50 going to vote with them. Like, you think that Bananas worked over Davon and Zach had no idea about it? Like, I'm sure Amanda and Zach, or Zach goes to Bananas and Tony because they're not even talking about Zach's vote. They're saying, okay, Kara, you and I, Bananas is saying to Kara, you and I have to vote together. And then he goes and works Davon. So I think they're sort of like, look, to both of our alliances, we're voting for Jose and Davon. Amanda's confident that the Lavender ladies have it four to two with Davon's vote. And Zach is like, Davon's told us she's voting with us. Like, who knows what Davon actually said to Bananas? Maybe mm-hmm. didn't leave it open. They make this sort of loose agreement and it ended up being convincing enough to vote with them. Right. I feel like Zach had know, to I, be, I'm being very confusing. I think Zach had to be aware. No, I, I understand. I, I, it's, yeah, it's confusing in terms of what yeah, he knew. Cause I, I mean, I, to me, I don't think he really knew. I mean, I don't know if they, if Davon and, and Jose, Jose really told bananas exactly where they were voting or if they were kind of playing the middle and letting like the Armageddon reveal it. So it, it's tough to, to know exactly what Zach knew going into that vote. I'm saying, all right, we see this cryptic conversation with Ashley and Devon where Devon's like, if you have the numbers, I'm voting with you. We see the loose alliance of sort of like, we'll look out for each other with bananas. Um, I'm sure we missed a conversation where either we missed a conversation where Devon said something similar to bananas, like we got you. Um, and then we're just like, all right, let's decide. We made deals with both sides here. We have to decide now. Um, or Bananas was like, look, I've put the work in. This is our best shot. Either they vote with us or Tony and I just go in and beast Shane and Nelson or Sylvia and Joss. But yeah. I think Zach it's, it's, knew it's, there was a non-zero chance that Bananas had this plan. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes sense. It makes sense. But I don't think I think he thought that maybe he did think that they were. Jose and Devon were on their side, but he couldn't be like a hundred percent certain in that moment because I don't, you know. No, you can't be a hundred percent certain, but I don't think it was the same as not as like fully yeah. caving in. And I also think, look, we saw Devon give a hundred percent assurance to Ashley and then not vote with her. I can only imagine they gave the same assurance to Bananas and then actually did vote with him. Yeah. That's probably true. And you can never probably trust true. them, right? Like, you can't really trust Jose and Devon, but no, enough to be, especially when you voted them in every single week, including the current week. Yeah. So, th- I actually didn't want to talk, talk about this. So what did you, th- like, Jose and Devon, like, th- they're idiots, right? <laughs> like, how do you, how do they put themselves in this position? Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's the key, right? Is that we got a question about this. Let me, uh, let me scroll through all my, all caps notes because I just love this episode. Um, God damn, sorry. We got um, sorry, I'm being horrible. Okay, whatever. I want to say we got a question that was asking what you were getting at, which is sort of like Davon knew best. Davon and Jose know best case scenario they force a tie and then they're up to be brought in if they vote for Tony and Bananas. There's no tie. They go in. Right. I'm using pronouns horribly. Okay. Davon and Jose, if they vote for Bananas to go in, Bananas and Tony's goes in. If they don't enforce a tie, the people who have voted them in week after week after week after week will pick them to go in. 
Or option B, you vote, you burn a vote, Bananas and Tony go in, and then you aren't up to be voted in by Bananas and Tony. Like, why don't they just burn a vote? Uh, so you're saying they vote Sylvia and Josh? Yeah, anyone. Then it's three votes, Bananas, they go in, they have to pick between uh, Joss, Ashley, and uh, Shane and Nelson. I guess, yes. If If their goal was self-preservation, very stupid decision. If their goal is long term and we hear Day say I'm doing what's best for me, I guess their impression would be it would be best to work with Tony and Bananas. But they're wrong. <laughs> and you're yeah, right. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's great to say like you want to work with them, but that also means like they're falling on the sword by saying like, so best case scenario by doing this vote is Ashley and Hunter get voted in. Like, there's a very good chance that they're going to take the easy way out and vote for them to to go in not bananas and tony people also have said on twitter that i guess shane said on twitter that they knew the mercenaries were coming i wonder if they thought that only one team was going to go in that's interesting so they okay that then that would explain it a little bit more like they thought this is their chance to like declare themselves without risking themselves going in because if whoever goes in is only going up against the mercenaries so that makes sense. Um, How would they know that? People, I feel like on reality television, know so much about the format all the time. Interesting. Let me see. I, I pulled the tweet. Would know that. So Shane tweeted it, but I got the information um, tweeted to me, and I definitely pulled it before. So we're just gonna have to come across it as I go. Um, it mm-hmm. was more about. God, I, I'm really there were so much so many tweets today that I was just all over the place and my notes are all over the place. But basically they oh here we go. Perfect. Tom Palmer tweeted to us, thank you very much. I don't know if you can see Shane's Twitter, but according to him, everyone knew there were mercenaries coming in and thought only one team would have to face them. So this choice did actually matter. So what I meant is like that's why potentially Zach Caves and picks Davon and Jose. I think everybody thought they were going to just, TJ was going to be right. like, but Jose and Davon, you're not going in because the mercenaries are coming. Right. As far as how they knew, I don't know. How do people know it's a double eviction? I guess that's not the same because it's the timing. Um, yeah. Who knows? Maybe luggage was brought in. Maybe producers told <laughs> them. Like, who knows? Yeah, they heard on the walkie-talkie. All right, they landed. <laughs> Um, oh, we got some very interesting information. So we put the uh, search out there last week for what happened. Who is the sub? Devin was supposed to be with Tony. What was the plan? I don't know if you saw mm-hmm. these tweets, but uh, I think so. But yeah, thank you to everyone who responded. Apparently, Madison, who is from the real world and also the mother of one of Tony's child daughters, children, mm-hmm. and. They were supposed to be mercenaries, even though Madison's never been on the challenge. I cannot believe that. uh, So Corey would be the sub then. I cannot believe that they passed on Madison being on the challenge with Tony. So did they pass on Madison or like, I think she's like in like some dark problems right now. So Uh maybe that happened. Fine. I feel like I saw something like that where things are not great for her right now. Okay. But like right now or because when this was filmed, well, I, it's, I, I mean, I think it was like, like 
leaked or whatever like recently gotcha. but then it also could have been traced back to whenever this was filmed so well that's amazing that they had two people like have to bail and then one person was able to come back and they could just jimmy things around but all right yeah. let's say madison was able to come and i hope everything's good with her and it seems like it's not let's take that off the table for a second right um how could they even suggest that t- tony and madison would only be mercenaries that is top yeah. tier like final reckoning material main cast very very odd very odd especially because it's not like they'd be like that intimidating to face like their their whole draw is to put them in a house and watch them fight so their draw is not to see like oh my god we have to face madison in elimination the draw is watch madison and tony interact which again i don't know what's going on with madison but the last every probably like once every six months i do a deep dive on tony's life and it seems like they're co-parenting, like at least the public perception besides this right. information is that they're fine. Like Tony's with both of his daughters often or on social media, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that they'd be like coming to blows, but just just the teaser, just the energy, because for people yep. who didn't watch the real world or aren't familiar with Tony and Madison, Tony's wait, 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 Tony's um Ex Amanda or Alyssa, what's her name? Some A name. I think it is Alyssa. Could be fifty fifty, but yeah, probably Alyssa. As soon as I said Amanda, it sounded wrong. So Alyssa um, came in on what was it? Skeletons. Yeah. And Madison and Tony were like in love, and then he was with Alyssa, and then yada yada yada. He's got a kid with both of them, and he's currently with Alyssa. Last I checked. Yes, that's the last I know. So, wow, what a world that would be. Just to even see the clips from the old days, I'd be in for it. I, yeah. I realize I could watch the season, but I'm really in it for the clips. <laughs> that, I mean, that's that's the best part of uh, real world is just the clips. You don't want to sit through it all. Just the clips. Um, yeah. All right. So let's we sort of already talked about what happens. Um, but uh, let's sort of. At what point did you in the reveal of the vote? OK, it's tied with Hunter and Ashley. Bananas and Tony mm-hmm. left to Zach and Amanda. At what point did you believe that this was really happening? When Zach walked out, because I think that's like that's like the point of no, no regard or whatever that phrase is. I don't know the point of no the point of no return. When you do that, it's uh it's happening. So, see, I don't know. I still believe that Amanda could be like because I, I thought that was all theater, right? Like that was that was all theater, and Amanda could have been like, no, 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 fine, but like Ashley and Hunter. And Zach would have gone up. You think TJ would have been like, nope, sorry, you've already stepped in the sand. You're done. Well, I mean, I don't think the stepping in the sand was it's like, you know, you're you're hooked. You're like, you're in. I think I mean, I think in that moment she could have been like, no, we'll vote for them. And like they would have been out. But I think once like they were down there, they were both like, we're not budging. So let's just do this. Even when she went down, I still believe that one of them was going to cave until TJ blew the whistle and was like, all right, you're going in. Just because I didn't believe that it was about the relationships, and this is what I was getting at before, like, I truly do believe that Zach can't be told what to do by anyone. I certainly can't believe, I don't believe that he can be told what to do by Amanda. And dare I say he can't be told what to do by a woman. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't think that in this case... Amanda is innocent at all. Amanda is one of the most insufferable people on the show. I loved Amanda before. I think Amanda has turned a corner into Nastyville, and I hope she can reverse, but I'm not sure. Um, 
But I don't think Zach's going to be pushed around by a female uh, team member. And he says it himself when he sets it up at the beginning of the episode that I, you know, I keep getting partnered with girls. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think they're just both. I think they're both equally wrong because I think like what like they one of them has to cave. Like you have to come to a, a, a rationalization. I think what you said is probably perfect. Like, all right, let's do this this week and next week we'll do bananas and Tony and we'll go from there or even just be like, I don't know if they would have been allowed to do this. Like, just play rock, paper, scissors. Like you just have to find a way to decide this rather than and, and ending up with you in elimination that you just cannot let happen. So they're both completely at fault. Is it the dumbest move in challenge history? Uh, I think so. I mean, I guess the only close comparison would be Jordan, right? With like choosing to go in against uh, bananas, or at least that, like he had a specific target in mind to get out. This was just like, they're just going in because they're, they can't agree. So I, I mean, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. That would be dumber. Yeah, um, you've convinced me that Dave Hunt and Jose's vote this tonight. Yeah, that's also <laughs> probably on the way table. Up there. That's like se- secretly up there. That like, why on earth? Like, Devon like had like a quote saying like, "It's come to the time where we have to pick a side." Like, no, it's not. Keep riding the middle. Like, why do you have to decide? Just don't decide. But anytime you give up immunity or potential immunity and end up going home, you're an idiot. This is I'm willing to say definitively this is the dumbest move in challenge history. But I welcome people's. Uh, People's other suggestions. Yeah, honestly, both both of them, like both teams, Davon also, they, they both deserve to go home. Well, the plot of their uh, stupidity. So, Anna Eldridge uh, on Twitter wanted to add a another wrinkle to the stupidity. She says, assuming Ashley and Hunter call out bananas if they go in, and bananas calls out a lavender lady if they go in, meaning both have an ally going in, no matter who quote wins. By the way, Zach and Amanda. Is the dumbest argument in challenge history. Why would they care who they pick? So I think it comes back to like the mercenary thing, right? Like they didn't think someone was being called out. So they thought even if like whoever we decide is like the one team going in. I think that I think that makes each decision, including uh Devon's, like that makes a lot more sense to to, to the decision making. Plus, you know that MTV is a vested interest in the mercenaries winning the challenge, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, so if anything, it's a harder, a harder win. Um, let's say we didn't know the mercenaries situation. The only possible point would be the fear that if really faced, okay, if a lavender ladies in, do they really have the nads to go for bananas and Tony? Do Joss and Sylvia really have the nads to call them out? Or do they just chicken out and vote Davon and Jose anyway? Or Kara. Or Kara. Right. Um, uh, Gregory Contreras says, if Amanda knew Zach wasn't budging on voting in Bananas and Tony, why didn't the Lavender ladies acquiesce and vote in Davon and Jose? Uh, I think because they probably hoped that, well, first they hoped that uh, Davon and Jose were voting with them so they could have made it work regardless. And I think they hoped that Zach would not let it come to this. Yeah, I think at this point last week set the tone that the big moves are the big moves are being made. And uh, in that way, Davon and Jose like should have been safe this week. But it's always when they start turning, not that Davon and Jose are a layup, but they're like a strategic layup vote to vote in. So I think, you know, the tables have turned the the two sides are going after each other. And it wasn't really the time to let Zach bully them in to Davon and Jose. Because what do you do next week? Like, and this was the week. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about Tony's relationship with Zach. We haven't talked about Amanda's relationship with Ashley. And I'm going to let Cara Maria take this one. She tweeted, so the, quote, friends of the two teams being fought over have zero intention of coming down on their own. We just watching it happen. Tilted laugh cry emoji. And then she decided to write some extra words and said, Amanda once again sacrifices herself for her quote friend, Ashley, please recall on the final elimination of invasion of the champions, Ashley used Amanda to secure her spot in the final. She tricked Amanda, leaving her to face Nicole one-on-one in a tug of war. I have yet to see where Ashley has ever helped Amanda in a game, but Amanda continues to let herself be a pawn. That's fair, but also I would say really didn't, matter which lavender lady they were talking about i think just as much this was like an ego thing with zach this was an ego thing with amanda yes i agree with you and i don't blame her i would have done the same damn thing like i would i zach goes down i'm going down that's it you like if right. he gave her no option yeah i mean zach's saying like this was like a life lesson or like a uh, um maybe life lesson for you also yeah, I, I definitely need you to tell me that. Um, but, uh, oh, gosh. Um, so entertaining, though, for the viewers. I, I don't want to get it twisted that we're saying this was a stupid move. I was uh, loving this. Give me stupid moves are way more entertaining than smart moves most of the time. So this was great. Um, what do you think of the argument, though, that I guess Cara suggests but gets talked about in the show? Should Hunter and Ashley or, and or Bananas and Tony kept them from doing this? God, no, no way. That would be that would be the stupidest move of all time. <laughs> yeah, no, that was absolutely insane. Um, yeah, but uh, da, 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 da. I'm reading my own notes to see if they're worth saying. That's we've hit a rough part of the podcast when you're doing that. <laughs> I'm doubting myself. So, so the reveal of the mercenaries, Devin and uh, Devin and Cor, we get a little montage of them, their history, their history with everyone else. Fun to see. Excited to see both of them. Okay, I have to tell you, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, I'm a huge, huge fan of Ryder K, uh, Corey's daughter with Cheyenne right. from Are You the One and the Challenge. She is adorable, great Instagram follow, huge, huge fan. Happy to see Miss Ryder K get a million dollars. Um, also, I don't normally do this, but wow, Corey looked amazing when he came in. I don't know if it was the tank the fire behind coming in or just the music. But I was like, wow, Corey looks good. I always thought you were more. I thought you were more of a Devin girl. Like, I feel like we played something on the dating game. Sure. Yeah, but it's aspirational. It's not realism. Right. Corey's aspirational. Okay. Um, Corey's aspirational. Devin's like reality. Yeah, Devin's reality. Corey puts the buck in team young buck. (laughs) Oh boy! I don't know if it's the daughter. Maybe it's because I've been seeing that's the actually, daughter. You know, that's funny. The way you, I, I think, what it is, I think that's actually true. Because I think Corey's the buck. Oh uh, yeah, he's the buck. I would say Hunter's the young, and Nelson is just team. He's the team. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, he's just team. Um, but you know, poor Devin here coming in. Like he doesn't look bad, but he's just standing next to Corey, and he's trying right. to look tough. Like he's got his face on. Like we're not done. We're not done. And I'm rooting for him. And I will say, do not estimate the power of a guy who is coming off a tragic loss. Like, I think, like, Devin has BLE, big loss energy. Like, I didn't write that down. I, I maybe regret saying that. But, like, 
my God, the motivation you can get from like just having a terrible situation that he had happen to him and losing his father. I don't think right. Devin is coming to play. <laughs> I'm a little afraid of Devin. Yeah. And De- I mean, Dave on was scared of both of them. Cause these are two people she's never heard of before in her <laughs> life. Yeah, because those Zach and Amanda would have been easier opponents. I loved it. He's like, I could have taken this Goliath Zach, but this sort of muscular looking gentleman next to this Adonis, I can't take it. This is Dave. This is Devin and Corey. I mean, I mean, Devin and Corey we're talking about. This is Devin and Corey. <laughs> um, that was hysterical. So uh, TJ acknowledges that it's a little bullshit. They're coming in this late in the game, which is a note to listeners. We're late in the game. That's kind of exciting. The season will end. Uh, Alex Richard says, do you feel better about Corey and Devin coming into the game so late after they beat two teams in the elimination, or is it still a sham? I mean, it's still pretty much a sham, because even if they lost, they were going to the redemption house. Like, they weren't even, like, going home, and they still had a chance to get into the game. So it's it's, it's all a sham. I mean, I don't care, though. Like, yeah, it's a sham. The whole season's a sham. This podcast is a sham. Who cares? Right. Welcome yeah, to I life. Mean, at the end of the day, like it's all it's all nonsense. Like they, they, how they decide rules and like one week this matters, next week it doesn't matter. So yeah, it's all. I mean, they could do this. Uh, mercenary shows up at the final, and then they're just all right. They're just in. Get to beat them. Like okay. Um, I should not have Rose in podcasts. I'm like, you're a sham. This podcast is a sham. The whole season's a sham. And let's start talking about are you the one? I don't know. That's a sham too. Um, but let's talk about shake it off. A lot of people think this challenge was a sham. So here's my question about this challenge. Did I think, because I think it was mainly Bananas and Tony that recommended it. Did they break the challenge? So that's a very interesting question because I need a rule clarification. First of all, all I can think of is sham wow right now. Okay. So I had to get that out. Um, There's that stunt mat underneath just the beginning portion. So it seems as though they were expecting people to plummet to their death onto that mat like they were doing. But I want to know, were they not allowed? I know they weren't allowed to rip off the the flags or the pennants or the things that can give you black eyes. But were they allowed to crawl out there or no? Well, that's what I thought the point of the challenge was. The way TJ like explained it was like, you have to like crawl out through the rope and sh- like it's called shake it off so I think what they intended was people to be on the rope using their body and shaking the 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 plot whatever those things are called the uh, whatever the markers whatever they're called off the rope like I don't think they thought of like like one person holds on for dear life and the other one just like jumps on top of the rope and uses their body weight to knock them all off like I don't think that's what this was intended for no I agree with you but then that would mean that the mats were there because you were only allowed to shake from the ends of the rope I yeah maybe that's yeah that's probably true in which case it's because I think Zach does originally climb out before he takes the they both agree to sort of like take the reset but um, otherwise what's the purpose of only having a mat at the beginning and you could fall in the sand if you could climb out yeah but that's probably true how on earth could they have ever expected any team besides like any team at all to be able to do this yeah, I don't I, I don't know what their testers did. Like they knocked it all off, but it, I mean, I, I assume they tested it and, and, and like people were able to do it. But yeah, I don't think they were thinking like have one person just jump. And and I don't, you know, if they really had to shake off all the rope, all of the markers from the rope, 
There's no way Corey and Devin could have done that twice in a row. Like, they were already reasonably gassed out from the first one to have to do it again. But if you're really just using your body weight to shake from a stand, like an, a still standpoint on, a, like, one point of a rope, how are you doing that twice? Yeah. Well, maybe, I mean, maybe they, that was, like, the point, right? It was supposed to be super, super difficult for them to win both. Well, we know that that's not the point. They want them in. They don't want yeah. it impossible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably, but I just, I don't know. I I mean, I feel like if that was how they would have explained it, TJ would have explained the rules differently. Like, the way he explained it, like, it was never, like, like you always thought, like, both people were going to be on, and it's like, if one person falls off, the other one has to fall off. Like, it was, like, the way he explained it was not how it ended up going down. Oh, I completely agree. No, I've taken myself off course. I completely agree that this was a sort of jailbreak of the challenge. But I'm saying that must mean that they then weren't allowed to come out to the middle and shake as they went yeah. because of the placement right. of the mats. But then how right. is that possible? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no, I have no idea. Also, besides the fact that the jailbreak of this challenge came from Bananas, even the shaking version, Tony and Bananas would have won this in two seconds. Two seconds. It would have been the quickest win of all time. That's full insult to injury. I mean, even with we're saying like, okay, he knew the voting, whatever. Don't you think it's possible that (laughs) Zach could have even finessed it with Tony and Bananas and been like, look, you guys are both beasts. I have Amanda. She's going to be disadvantaged in certain situations. You guys have to go in for the team. I think he could have said that, but I don't think they would have agreed. I think Tony maybe could have convinced Tony to. Bananas is not voluntarily going into elimination at any point. No, I know. But like, what's he really going to say? Give up your immunity? You know, I'm saying like even in advance of this arena, like he should have been like, if the plan was it's going to go to a tie, then he has to say, like, look, I am going to have to put you in and you're going to be able to beast whoever comes in. You're bananas. You're Tony. Right. Like, you're the guys to do this. I'm immune. I can't go in. So, like, we're going to have yeah. to just survival mode beast this. But I think in just Zach's mind, he's like, I'm just I'm never caving. And if you can get Tony, which just goes to show that it's like purely about the Amanda politics. But if you can get Tony to agree and not bananas, his only concern and loyalty was really to Tony. Right. Yeah. But I, I think it's just in his mind, like just like with Amanda, I don't at the end, of, I don't think it even mattered like who they were dealing with at any point. It was just like, right. No, th- th- it was just the ego thing. They think they could have been deciding what they were having for dinner. Toxic masculinity. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. Amanda also has toxic masculinity. Yeah, so do I. Toxic. Uh, so what would be fem- femininity? No, it's still toxic masculinity. Oh, it's it's still toxic. Okay. Um, but as a uh, Patty Stanger would say, as a criticism to women who were uh, being judged by her for millionaire matchmaker, she said, "You have to- you have masculine energy." Yeah. Big insult. Big. I was, huge. I would say I would I would say Shane being the one to say that when like you know three weeks ago he was uh calling Devon a bitch over and over again is not exactly the best uh the best vocal point for that toxic masculinity takes there one to go. no one yeah um how heartbreaking was it watching uh zach and amanda lose an eight nine lead were you rooting for the mercenaries or were you looting rooting for zach and amanda i i think i, I like zach and, I, I i i really like amanda i do like there's like she's so vile that like i kind of like her in a way it's very odd i don't know what that means At but Cohen like i Brian do I, underscore yeah, it's it's very weird. I like 
Because I think she, like, again, like, the comparison, like, she's a, a fun evil that I can enjoy watching. She's not like Camilla evil where it's like, oh my God, get you off my television. Amanda's fun evil. Like the way, like her, I think she said like, uh, what was the line? Oh, Zach was like, you wanted Kaur's, uh horse to die. And she goes, well, I didn't want her to die. Like, that's funny. Like, that's so funny to have on a reality TV show. That's like, I, I wanted Amanda to stay. But Camilla began this way too. And I don't think you're wrong yet, but that's why I say she's like turned a corner. Like, I picture it like in Mario Kart where the cloud comes up and is like, no, 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 wrong way. Like the guy with the cigar. <laughs> like, that's where we're at. She could still reverse right. and come right back in. I don't see that happening. I see her going full... Uh, chair in the pool herself in the pool lifeless not lifeless like she's dying that's me describing camilla dropping into the pool and then like racial slurs are on the horizon not really i don't think she's racist but you know what i'm saying i think she's well well on her way to being uh, a problem yeah well i'll enjoy the ride until the racial slurs start coming out and then i will back the hell away and be clear we're not accusing amanda of being willing to or ever have using (laughs) racial slurs no, but if like uh, Joss wants to cheat on her and she wants to threaten him with death, I'm 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 here for that. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, right now she's staying in the nobody likes you territory. You're a loser. I really hate that. I just think that's so boring and lame. Like it's just not. It's not a good bully. Not that I want bullying, but yeah. it's just like it, get a little creative, be a little more cutting, and then uh, get kicked off the show. I think the best thing I could say about Amanda is that she's to me at least fully uh engulfed herself in the challenge world that i don't even think of her as like a former are you the one person anymore like i barely even remember any storyline she had on are you the one like i just fully think of her now on the challenge i still remember the whole mike thing but i think that's fair um who else has made that jump if i would say devin probably has also made that jump yeah i would say devin definitely has tori definitely Tori. Has. nelson no nelson's i don't know nelson's a weird one He's just, I don't know. I guess so. See, Nelson I, I, I had no story on Are You the One. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, he's he's definitely more challenged. <laughs> I remember, I'll never forget when we did the cast assessment and I saw Nelson's picture. He's got a fedora on. I'm not looking at it. I haven't looked at it in years. He's got a fedora. His Twitter was like Nelly T and I could find almost nothing about him. He was like 26. I was like, what's this person doing on this show then he had almost no storyline are you the one i was like see you never know whatever your name is and now he's like team young buck always on the challenge yeah, he's, he's like the future of the show <laughs> oh how did we get here crazy okay so now bananas i've criticized amanda for her weak attacks gotta give it to bananas here at the end his only comeback is like you can't take your whole group to the final. Um, welcome to the world, Bananas. Like, take your lumps. Like, if any other season where Bananas got has an alliance five bros deep and then they have to cut Tony at the end and the goal is always to make it to five and then eat your own, like, why is Bananas acting like it's his first time on the show? Yeah, but I mean, I would say Shane, like, trying to insult Bananas by saying everyone hates you, that's like complimenting him. Like that's like, oh great, everyone hates me. Wahaha. I'm like the one everyone's focused on. Like that's like not the way to get under banana skin. Do you get under banana skin by saying like no one cares about you, why are you still here? But no one worries. Like Nelson was almost, I think, doing a better job, surprisingly. Shane being like everyone hates you, that's like the greatest thing you can say to him. What I loved about that moment from Nelson is when he's like, Oh, I love it. Like he really does love it. And this is when we talk oh, about Nelson being a fan. Like, Nelson does love that they're not able to get rid of bananas in this moment. Like, I think he's truly yeah. having a good time. 
This is like if you grow up watching like your favorite baseball player and you come in and now you're like pitching against them. Like at some party, you're like this is kind of fun. And this is like how Nelson feels. This is kind of fun. <laughs> um, Jeremy Barton says, how has bananas become the hero we don't need? Weird question to ask you. Right. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, this is by far the most likable bananas because he's an underdog. Right. Like anytime you're an underdog, you're likable. Um, no, fully. Um, and then Wendy Jong is sort of like a wrap up question says, which alliance is more annoying? Um, Lavender Ladies or Young Bucks? I honestly think Young Buck might be more annoying, but like obviously we haven't seen them that much this season because they've been so like dispersed with two of them being mercenaries. So if they were like the leading charge, I would put them. I also think Shane is the most annoying of anyone in any of the alliances. So that's. I may tilt for Lavender, but I still think Young Buck is is right up there. I think Lavender Ladies is more annoying. It has nothing to do with Shane. I feel like it's because like I don't know. I hate my own kind. I don't. I don't know. No, I'm just. <laughs> I didn't have an answer for that. I just my gut reaction is I'm more annoyed by the Lavender Ladies. But it's probably you're probably right. It's because I haven't really seen them in action. And usually the Young Bucks team, Young Buck is. Uh, is is like divided like it was notable when hunter is saying like we're finally all in the house together like they always have a a problem getting that together right the clip of them all making fun of nelson is hysterical though because <laughs> that's something what they do i want to talk redemption house really fast and just say we're going to be coming up on a double cross probably soon who will each person in the redemption house select to go against if they pull the double cross so We'll start with Cam and Kaylee because that's the person I wrote down first. The options are Zach and Amanda, Davon and Jose, Polly and Natalie, or Brad and Kyle. Whew. This is tough. There's not a lot of clear pairs. Um, I so Cam and Kaylee would probably pick Davon and Jose. I guess that was my gut, but I had no reason why. I just, I think just my process of elimination, he kind of just land on that. Um, all right, Zach and Amanda. Zach and Amanda would pick. I mean, I think Zach would want to pick Brad, but I don't think I think they, can, they would have another debate because Amanda probably would not want to pick Brad and Kyle. But is so, Amanda that would be very fun? I know she would want to pick them, but who's Amanda going to go go to bat for here? She's not close with Polly and Natalie. Maybe Cam and Kaylee because Kaylee's close with Nelson. Like I, yeah, maybe that'd be interesting. I already forgot who Cam was with <laughs> when they left the house. I guess no, she's with the Lavender Ladies. She pulled off that whole thing. So maybe Cam and yeah. Kaylee she'd fight for. Yeah. Uh-oh. So I, I mean, I guess the Big Brother duo would pick each other again, which would be absolutely hysterical. Um, Davon and Jose, they're picking Paul yeah, and think, Natalie, vice versa. Yeah, and I think, and I think, vice versa. Yeah, and then Brad and Kyle are an interesting one. Yeah, they can go uh, many different directions because I think they think they would beat anyone. So I think they think they can go anywhere. But I mean, their only ally would really be Zach and Amanda. But after they hear the story, do they want to put Amanda back in the house? Yeah. They're not picking Polly. I'm 100% Polly. rooting for. Uh, I need Davon and Jose to pull it again. Pick Polly and Natalie, and then lose again, <laughs> and then we go through this again at like the final three or whatever. That would just be 
just bliss. It feels un- that's like that would be the least interesting outcome besides maybe Cam and Kaylee pulling it. But uh, I'm going to root for Brad and Kyle pull. Because I kind of right, want I'm, I'm always rooting for the underdogs. I want like a little bit of a rivalry to come back. Let's do it. All right, let's talk Twitter. And this has absolutely no order. Digital communications manager Megan Elizabeth is parting it up at the live know-it-alls literally as we speak on this Wednesday night. Um, So I was let loose on Twitter and uh, here we go. So Amanda says the way Zach talks to slash treats women is completely unacceptable. Always stand up for yourself. F that. Uh, I try to pull from both sides. Kara says the real MVP this episode was that one medallion that was super glued on for both rounds. Didn't budge. I would hate to ever face that thing in elimination. Tilt laugh cry emoji. The force is strong with that medallion. Yoda GIF. Should we talk about that? The the, uh, speculation that this was rigged because the same medallion didn't fall on either team. So do we think it's because of that medallion, which is the word thank you I was looking for this whole time? Or do we think it's, I mean, if like Amanda and uh, Devon were just struggling getting any of them off, like that would be the one they would have to get off themselves, right? Yeah, I mean, I... I really struggle to believe that they made one impossible to come off <laughs> for this challenge. Right. Um, and then hell hath frozen over. I don't know if you've heard his uh, Carberia standing bananas. She says when the lavender ladies and team young bucks keep yelling that Johnny is old news, washed up, not relevant, etc. But legit make everything they do revolve around at Johnny bananas and have and for having no friends, he is still alive, bitch. Tilt, laugh, cry emoji. Truth. So I don't know if like reading this tweet really gives it justice, but basically Kara is like calling bananas, not old news, not washed up and completely relevant. So uh, sounds familiar, Kara, that you would uh, someone might complain about an older Kara making everything revolve around bananas. But OK. <laughs> All right. So I don't know if you knew if you we if. We talked about this. I don't think we did. Polly said like he his only regret is not coming to the house single, so he could have effed Kara and really given oh, yeah, we, we didn't, Kyle we some business. Kara yeah. tweeted, looking eyes emoji, fire emoji, quote, I wish I was single going to this challenge so I could dot 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 dot. And then tweeted a video of them making out. Which I then followed the the thread. Paulie had tweeted, "Who's excited for an all new episode of the Challenge tonight, uh, nine p.m. on the only network that'll allow me to grab Kara and jump off stage with her?" Wink emoji, kiss emoji, and it's a video of them at a bar. It looks like an event. I don't know what MTV would have been involved. They they looked like they were on some sort of panel. I don't know if this was like an official event. I don't know how MTV sanctioned this, but. He grabs her off stage and they are making out while he holds her in front of this bar while they applaud. Um, I don't recommend watching it. Definitely does not sound like it. Um, So they suck. Okay. Shane went on a rampage. He had a lot of tweets. I pulled a bunch of them. I think the most interesting one I'll read in succession. Then I grabbed a couple others and then I gave up because I was tired. So Shane said, okay, backstory. From the beginning of the show, Zach knew his alliances and Amanda's alliances were not in sync. So the plan between the two of us was to whittle down the outer edges, never letting on we were working together, with his number ones being Kyle and Brad, not Tony. 
I told him I'd respect that until, as a team, Nelson and I couldn't. One Zach saw the group of us running the house and whittling away at Banana's numbers without letting on what was happening, he started to freak. He wanted to be in control, and he realized he wasn't. He had to trust Amanda's alliance with the LLs, and he didn't because every alliance he's been on has turn-coded, or he has. So he couldn't understand that we were committed to him through Amanda till the end. After his and Amanda's fight, he came to me to try and save Tony. I refused. I told him he could vote however he wanted, but the LLs weren't budging. He then gathered all the LLs without me and begged them to send in Car Maria and Marie. I heard about it and absolutely refused. We were throwing in Tony and Benita, Benanita, and doing the dirty work for him, letting him keep his hands clean so that he had a secure spot to the final. And now you've seen his response. That was thoughts by Shane. That was what by Shane? Thoughts. Oh, so do you not believe this? Do you like, or uh, where do you put this on the I true mean, scale? I believe that he believes it, his version of the story. And I bet if you as Zach, his version, it'll be very different or at least pretty different. It sounds plausible. I mean, if you want to take the side of Zach losing, like having an ego trip and wanting to be in control, like, yes, that is 100% believable because we saw it literally play out. It's also believable that she, I don't even say that Zach maybe even believed he would need this backup alliance, but I do think he probably told Shane, like agreed to it and Shane took it more seriously. And then once it was actually playing out, Zach was like, oh shit, I didn't want this to go this way. Like Zach loses nothing by burning Shane in Zach's mind. Uh, I believe this. I think it sounds totally real. Oh, well, point. Point chain. Well, why would Shane make this up? Like, we have this alliance. We were working together. Honestly, it's Zach's best best path to the end. Make a secret alliance. Act like, oh my god, guys, I'm only being saved because Amanda's my partner and there's nothing I could do. I'm in power this week. What can I even do about it? Um, and uh, do the things we said. Like, still fight for Tony and Bananas. But, mm-hmm. you know, getting... In the same way that getting rid of Zach and Amanda was great for Bananas and Tony, getting rid of Bananas and Tony is great for for Zach. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's parts of it that's there's true, and I think there's parts that are spun to make Shane look better, just as the, I'm sure if Zach told the story, parts of it would be true, and parts would be spun to make Zach look better. Um, And I have a lot of other tweets from Shane, but I'm going to skip it. You can check it out if you want to hear more about Shane's... Uh, one more I'll read. Shane said... Johnny is the greatest player in the game. He and his partner convinced Zach, their biggest threat to a million dollars, to throw himself in by constantly shit-talking Amanda every second of every day instead of listening to them call Amanda evil, the spawn of Satan, Satan, etc. That is bullshit. I mean, like, Zach hates Amanda. I don't think that's because Bananas and Tony also hate Amanda. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not giving... uh, I mean, if you want to give him credit, maybe like 1% by not being like, oh, Amanda's like the greatest person. You, You should work together. Like, sure. But other than that, this is all Zach. The only credit I think Anime. Bananas and Tony get is not volunteering to go in. Right. Um, Amanda said the only lesson I learned is that Zach has zero respect for women, has zero intelligence when it comes to this game, and that he obviously cares more about punishing a woman for being strong than will- winning a million dollars. They're both at fault. Just move on. Uh, <laughs> yep. Here's what I'm excited about. 
Amanda said, just wait for the bomb we were dropping at the reunion. All caps. Zach is gonna lose his shit. I cannot wait. Your secret is getting exposed. Honey. Devil emoji. Boom. I believe her when she says she's got tea. I'm excited. Yeah, if this was Kara, this would be very unbelievable. She uh, does not have receipts a lot of the time. So Amanda will uh, let it rip. I'm going to end the Twitter exchanges breeding with Jemmy. Before we get to the poly game that I've developed for this week, I was inspired. Uh, Jemmy retweeted an article. A horse escaped from her stable and galloped into a bar while patrons sat inside, causing them to run to safety as the animal kicked tables and chairs before leaving the site. No one was hurt in the incident. Jemmy retweeted this and said, Cara's horse showing up to the reunion to talk to the lavender lady. <laughs> not, even a, not even a chuckle? Come on, that was great. I was laughing. Oh, I hear. All right. So we have a new format for the, for the U.S. Weekly Recap. I have pulled three quotes from Polly's uh, work. And I will have, sure. it's what is the next sentence? I have two or three options oh and you will determine. I assume you've not read it yet. Oh, the most definitely not. Okay. So quote number one, remember, I'm going to give you a full sentence and you're going to guess the next full sentence. I'll give you options. What Zach was trying to explain to Amanda, what, was that when the numbers eventually dwindle down, they will be the first ones to go on her side of the alliance. Do we know this for a fact? End quote. So now what was his response to his own rhetorical question? Not rhetorical, I guess he answered it. Uh, choice A, of course not. But facts mean nothing in the challenge house. All's fair in love, war, and the challenge. Or, do we know this for a fact? Answer B, no, but one can speculate. Uh, B, I don't think you'd be smart enough to use the uh, the actual like quote. It was B, you are correct. There we go. Um, I thought it was like an, a reference to like earlier seasons, but anyway. All right. Number two. This one has three options. Quote, without hesitation, Zach walked down and stood right next to TJ in a stunning jaw-dropping moment. Was the next sentence A? I mean... If that S didn't get you amped up, then why the F are you even watching the challenge to begin with? Okay. B. One of the dumbest effing moves in the history of the challenge, besides Kyle trying to step on my toes. Or C. Apparently, Zach thinks standing next to TJ in elimination is a whole lot more appealing than spending one more second next to a girl who verbally attacked his girlfriend, who wished death on animals who compares how many friends she has to others, and so on. I, th I, I think it's C, because he cannot resist the urge to attack uh, a girl. So it was actually A, if that S don't get you amped up, amped up then why the F are you even watching the challenge to begin with? C came from Cars People Block. <laughs> Oh, I love it. All right. So That's the last one I pulled, the first sentence is quick note regarding the redemption house. Okay. What do you think his quick note is? A. I ran it. I'm literally running out of insults to throw at Kyle. Or B. Kyle continues to be fake, which is laughable. 
but exactly what I'd expect from that man-child. Ooh, does he use the word man-child? Uh... I don't think so. I'll say, I'll say A. You're right. It was A. I feel like he definitely says man-child. Not in uh, his uh, publications. No, that was... Uh, I also truncated the second sentence because it was just... I guess I could have read it. His full sentence was quick note regarding the Redemption House. And this was all he said about the Redemption House, which was the only scene he was actually in this episode. Right, right. I'm literally running out of insults to throw at Kyle. So I'm going to save them for the reunion when I can say them directly to his face. Perfect. All right. So that's, uh, that's, you can check that out on us weekly. If you want to read the rest of it, that's, that's all I got. Uh, there were some five star reviews. Shoot. Well, I don't know. Talk. I'll see if I can find it quick. (laughs) All right. Uh, you can follow me. Oh, actually, if you want to leave your own five star review, go to robinsonwebsite.com slash challenge iTunes. You can follow me at Cohen Brian underscore. They can follow you at last tweets. And uh, thank you to roller coaster with a K for uh, leaving a, a review. Great. Uh, we'll be back next week until then. Have a good one. <laughs>